From from a very young age, I realized to me, to me, king is the t- is the highest. There's nothing. There's nothing above being king. Because what's next? What's next? It's not champion. No. Nope. Champion is right underneath. So king <laughs> is in charge. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character with me, Ryan Satin. This week, we are joined by a four-time Raw Tag Team Champion, seven-time SmackDown Tag Team Champion, and current Mm. King of the Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Out of Character, King Xavier Woods. How good does that sound? It sounds incredible. And that's, that's the main reason I wanted it is because I love an accolade that no matter who the person is, they have to address you as that regardless of the situation. So now everyone has to regard me as king. And it just, it feels, it feels right, you know? As soon as I slipped it on, it just felt comfortable. I could move around in it. It felt like it's just been a part of me for a real long time already. Well, and you love cosplay too. So I'm sure that getting to dress up in that outfit, you are the actual king now. You're not even cosplaying. You are the king of the ring. Yeah, exactly. So that means that I get to set the tone for what people need to cosplay as when they cosplay as me now, which is, it's a, it's a daunting task because you gotta make sure you've got something that's simple enough for the kids to do, something complex enough for the adults to do, and then mannerisms that everybody can understand. So for instance, the upside down microphone, I know when I see a person doing that, that's me all day. I'm the only one who does that. And now with this crown, I'm the only one who has that, you know? So upside down mic, crown, scepter, trombone, what have you, we can do this. Cosplay all day, kids. That's a lot of props you have to have to cosplay as you. Well, the thing is, you don't have to have them. You can mix and match them. It's almost like when you get an action figure and they've got a couple of things that come with them, like, oh, we've got the ladder and the hell in a cell and there's a chair. You don't have to have them all at once, but you know it's nice to have them with the set. All right, well, I want to say something to you right here at the top before I get into my questions. And I just want to say that out of all the superstars in WWE, I find the most inspiration from you and 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 it's really I, I genuinely I say that with all sincerity because you know I'm someone who's all about following your dreams and and doing what you want and being your own true authentic self and I feel like you are someone who is so such an inspiration to anyone who wants to do that as well I mean when you have a goal or a passion you follow it and you follow it and show that you can find success with that not just as a, as a hobby but that you can actually make a career out of that and I find that so inspiring well, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's something that took a while for me to understand the concept of, but once I did, it's like I I feel like I have like one speed, and it's like, and if I find a hobby, what's my speed? Figure out how to make money with it, so I don't have to stop doing this, because it always used to be the excuse, like especially back in the day when you're a kid, and society had this weird stigma about video games, where it's like, oh, you're gonna rot your brain, you're not gonna amount to anything. It's like, well, then I saw G four pop up. As a, as a youngster, and I said, wait, people are like legit making money doing video game stuff? Why is everyone so mean about this? I need to figure out how to fix this. And so I wanted to work in video games. And then uh, wrestling, it was always, you know, you're, you're not gonna be big enough, you're not gonna be strong enough, because I was a kid and I was like the runt of the groups at all times. So it's like, man, but I really like this. Like, how do I figure out how to take care of myself as an adult with this? So it's always trying to figure out like, not necessarily like what's what's the money grab because that's not the right way to put it but it's what's the best way to to create a life that i don't feel the need to take a vacation from you know that's a, and that's, that's something yeah very because you feel like you want to you want to build these these crazy lives and have these crazy dreams but then there's always like oh i need a vacation from this like why 
if we're trying to build these lives that we love and enjoy so much, I get it. Vacation is fun, different place, different scenery, but like it's taking a break from your actual life because it's too much. So it, to me, yes, obviously it's, it's, it's easier said than done as far as a task goes. But if, if I can do what I can to build the things around me that I would go do on vacation, then I'm, I'm living my best life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's, I think, the, the thing that inspires me so much is because you are always living your best life, it seems. And I don't know, <laughs> you know, when it came in, but, you know, you'll see you and you're, you're playing the games you like and, and enjoying it. And, and people are watching and following along with you or you're rollerblading down the street and just, you know, vibing or you're, you're learning bass or you're doing G4. You're, you do an online campaign to get this G4 job and you get it. You know, a lot of people don't have that happen to them. And I wonder, you know, how early in your life did you start doing that did you start being so open about your passions um i don't know because it wasn't always like that i i always like dug my feet in and i might not have like screamed it from the mountaintops about the things that i liked but i definitely dug in and didn't want to ever um uh divert from those things because to me it was kind of i don't know my again things that my parents and my sister instilled into me from the time i was little is like you got you have to do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting anybody else, because the only thing that's going to happen is uh, as, as we get older and we understand this sense of mortality, we start to think like, oh, man, uh, am I having as much fun as I wanted to? Am I living the life that I wanted to? Am I where I thought I would be when I'm when I'm 35, when I'm 40? You know, rather than having those types of questions and regrets, I'd rather exhaust all options. So wrestling for example, it's something that, that can be very fickle. You can be super hot one day and then super not the next day. So this idea of trying things and seeing what works for you is really important to me because I would rather go down swinging my own punches rather than go down swinging the punches someone else taught me because or told me to throw. Because if I go down swinging someone else's punches, that's when you start to get salty and you start to complain and you start to blame everyone else for the, the way that your life is at that moment in time. And I if in my head, if I got to that point where I felt upset about my life, I wanted to make sure that I looked in the mirror and I knew that it was because I didn't take the right uh, risk or I didn't make the right choices. I wanna know that if I'm not meant for wrestling or I'm not meant for gaming or I'm not meant for, for music and bass, it's because I did everything literally that I could and it still didn't work. So it's like, okay, maybe, maybe I need to reset and find something else to do rather than have that little tiny tick in the back of your brain going, oh man, I should have studied more or I should have worked harder or I should have stayed later. I don't want to have those regrets because there's that you can't change that. You can't change that. And it's not how I want to live. And regardless of if that gets me crazy success or I just have ultimate failure and I have to start over on something new, like I, I want to know if I'm good at something or if I'm not good at something. And that to me is, I don't know, that's, that's me living my best life because I, I, I'm super hot for the feeling of possible failure. That's what, that's, what, that's what I thrive off of is what happens when you're not doing well. What happens in a match when things aren't going like you thought they would, when the crowd's not doing what you think they should? Like, what do you do then? That to me is the, is the, is the essence of an artist, finding out what you do when things aren't going your way. I think that's why social media is so helpful, you know, to people, to creative people, because you can, you get a constant stream of what is or isn't working. You see what the people are saying, whether it's good or bad to an extreme degree <laughs> or not, you know, if, if what you are doing is clicking in some way. Yeah, definitely. But again, social media is, is a great place for that because uh, it's another situation where you have to know your audience. 
so we say that in wrestling a lot like so so we can tell essentially as soon as the lights go down in a wrestling arena there's a sound because people are getting hype if it's a low rumbling sound and that means there's probably more like dudes there early 20s maybe mid 30s but there's more they're, they're probably gonna want something like more rugged a little more aggressive and if it's all high-pitched you know there's probably lots of kids there and so we can have a little bit more fun and be a little bit more jovial and it's all based in that idea of psychology of what does your audience want what do you think they need and when you find out what they need how do you give it to them in the most intricate and interesting way possible and it's the same thing on social media you know your audience know what your followers are into know how to branch out and bring more followers in so what i've been trying to do on socials especially is obviously if you know wrestling hopefully hopefully you know who i am <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> um and then and then hopefully you enjoy what i do and if you don't that's totally okay because there's how many wrestlers on the planet you find something that likes for you i'm chocolate ice cream maybe you like vanilla or strawberry totally fine um but I don't think there's one wrestling sense. fan. I don't think there's one wrestling fan on the planet who doesn't know who you are, by the way. There's no way anyone at this point doesn't know who you are <laughs> that watches wrestling. Like maybe outside of wrestling, yes. But New Day, there's, you guys are like one of the most popular factions of all time now at this point. There's no way that someone who watches wrestling doesn't know who you are. I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, well, I appreciate it. I just feel like I never want to assume because then you turn into that big headed, like, yeah, everybody knows who I am. G give me things and throw candies at my feet. <laughs> I mean, when I when I got the crown on and I'm on the show, yes, 100% would be like that. But you, you never know what people are into. People might just be starting watching and all that type of stuff. But um, now I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, I did too, but I just I couldn't <laughs> let that pass. I was thinking, does, does Woods really think there's someone watching? Oh. Go oh, ahead, the, the go search ahead. waves, the search waves. Yes. So, okay, so if you're on socials and you know wrestling, yes, then I, I'll come up in your search stuff because you're into wrestling. Yes. So what I've tried to, very hard to do, and it started to work a little bit, is try to put my content in different search waves. So, for instance, gaming. I When I started doing gaming stuff, it was always talking about gaming, being on gaming podcasts, making sure that people in the gaming community knew who I was. If they're not wrestling fans, then hopefully this face comes up. They like what I have to say. They like my energy. Then they follow me on socials and they go, oh, wait, he wrestles too? And then they start watching wrestling. And it's like, oh, now we've brought fans over. And then in learning base, I figured, you know, let me put this stuff out there because it's going to help me stay on it and stay, um, what's the word, when you get a friend to tell you to keep working out? Oh, it's um, like accountability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll increase accountability and keep me on it. And so putting all my base stuff out there, I get a text from a friend. He goes, man, you're doing it. I say, what? He goes, I only have like music algorithms on my Instagram. It's like, and you just came up playing your base. And so for me, that's that that's understanding your audience and understanding how this social media stuff works. Yes, people are trying to get likes so they can get free hotel rooms and free vacations and all that type of stuff. And you do, you do your Instagram model pictures, all that type of stuff. All of it is fantastic and great. Um, for me, this is my way of trying to do that because I, I don't want to be just a wrestler. I've never wanted to be just a wrestler. Wrestling is fantastic. I will love it till the day that I take my last breath and for two more minutes afterwards, you know. Um, but I do understand that at some point, I won't be able to do this anymore. My body is finite. My career in wrestling is finite. And I think that it's um, it's it's something that you have to look at head on as far as what that next chapter of life looks like. And I feel like I've been lucky enough, this generation has been lucky enough to learn from the previous generation and the things that they've taught us and the knowledge that they've bestowed down upon us. 
so that we don't make the same mistakes, so that we navigate roads differently. And I always feel like uh, people will randomly ask, you know, uh, what's your favorite, what, what do you think the best generation of wrestling is? And I think it's this generation. And I think it's this generation because the previous generation did their job of teaching us how to be better. And then hopefully we do our job of teaching the next generation how to be better than us. And so if every generation isn't the best generation of wrestling, then that means the previous generation is not doing their job. And so I think that for this generation of, of, of performers, of athletes all around the world, I think that we are doing a very good job of branching out from that, that old stereotype of wrestlers are just guys and girls with muscles who punch each other in the face. Yes, yes, we are that. <laughs> but also, <laughs> We, we, we have uh, college degrees. We have, some of us have, uh, you know, uh, masters. Some of us own businesses. Some of us own car dealerships. Like everybody has their hands in something and we're much more than what you get to see on Raw or SmackDown or NXT. And that to me, that, that is, that's beautiful because I didn't, I know I didn't get hired because I'm 6'5 and 280. I got hired because of what's up here in my head. And so if I can use that creativity to create a new space for myself, a la in the gaming world, a la hopefully in the music world, then that's just showing people that, again, we're not just wrestlers and any wrestling company essentially turns into a star factory because now you have these skills. I just I just saw WWE on Fox. Sorry, I'm rambling, but I got to no, get go this for it. I love this stuff. Um, uh, WWE on Fox just a couple hours ago put out a thing like, "What's your favorite uh, moment of The Rock's career in WWE?" And I said, in a very, in a very seriously, it was the moment that he left WWE, went to Hollywood, and showed everybody that the skills you learn as a professional wrestler in this pressure cooker environment of live TV wrestling, you can learn these skills here, and when you go somewhere else with them, you have this unbelievable skill set that literally no other entertainer on the planet has. And I feel like if The Rock doesn't step out and become the highest paid actor in Hollywood, the world has a harder time understanding that. It might take a little bit longer, but he is crushing it in movies, in TV, in drinks. He's got a new Netflix special coming out. Like he's pumping on all cylinders. And I think that situations like that very much show how, one, how difficult wrestling can be and what kind of skill set you need to be at that top level in this business. Um, and so that that's my favorite thing about him is the fact that he's opened so many people's eyes to that, thus making it easier for our current generation to do things like that, which then hopefully makes it even easier for the generation after us to do things like that. And so, uh, so I'm just hoping that, that this all keeps branching out because I, I love wrestling so much. And like, I love wrest wrestling, I love it. And to see wrestlers branching out into things like it's, I don't know, not to get like weird, but that stuff makes me emotional, man, because it, it's it wasn't always set up like that for us, you know? No, absolutely. And and what you've been saying all right there is literally the basis of why I wanted to do this show and why I tried to cover wrestling at, you know, major news organizations or whatever, because I genuinely felt like the people that we see on TV every week <clears throat> in you know WWE and other promotions that the people they are off screen can sometimes be even more interesting than the people that we see on screen because they have lives and things they go through and and passions and and just all this different stuff and I feel like you know showing fans of not just wrestling but sports in general that these are interesting people like it's it's why I asked to do this show I, I wanted to show people that you guys are all 
awesome outside of the ring as well. Almost everyone is, has interesting stuff about you guys outside <laughs> of the ring as well. And, and you know, you talking about that. That's why I like TikTok so much as a social media app, because I do the same thing with the show, with this show. You know, I'm cutting, I'm cutting clips from it all the time and trying to show up in people's algorithms, but not because I want to necessarily be like an influencer. It's because I genuinely think that some of these things that you guys say on the show can help someone follow their dreams, follow their passions, break out of the shell that they're in and, and go do something that they're interested in. And so, you know, TikTok is, does, does such a good job of um, linking people together, certain communities together. And so, you know, I, I try to ask you guys about things that are non-wrestling related as well to hopefully break through to some of those people as well and, and, and inspire them and maybe make them into wrestling fans as well for the exact same reason. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool thing to see as the world uh, becomes a smaller and smaller place due to the Internet. It's it's seeing these crazy opportunities come together that you wouldn't normally see otherwise. Um, and I think places like TikTok, like Instagram, like Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, it gives uh, that younger demographic the chance to to see more of these things. Because like so like I brought up G4 and seeing it and now um, like being a part of it is is absolutely insane but that for me in g4 was the way that i learned that people were like viably getting jobs in the video game space that weren't necessarily just making video games or writing for magazines um and so with social media you get to see that on, an, on like a three million fold because i can i can put something out where i'm learning how to play bass and i'm i'm not great i've been in for six months so i'm messing up a lot but i'm putting myself out there and, you know, if a kid sees that who's like 11 years old and thinking about playing an instrument, but they oh, they don't want to like seem like they're not good at something because it's always weird to, to be bad at something publicly is always the fear, you know. And so if I can do this and I'm I'm king of the ring and I'm out there being vulnerable through my learning of this uh, musical instrument, maybe that tells somebody, oh, you know what, if he's doing it, that that's that's fine. I, I can do this too. I can learn. And I'm younger than him. So I'm probably going to be way better than him when I'm his age. Like, you know, that's that's what I I, I think wrestling has the ability to do is, is jumpstart people because while we are in this position of, I don't know, being these larger than life personalities, um, once people are able to see that we are human and we do mess up and we do have other interests, then they go, oh, this is a possibility for me because I am kind of like them. I didn't realize this watching it on TV, but you know, I like all the same things that like Baron Corbin does, or I do all the same things that Cesaro does. Like I can, I could be a wrestler. It doesn't have to be, oh, you want to be a wrestler. You have to be one way. You have to walk a certain way, talk a certain way, breathe a certain way. Your hair has to be a certain length. You have to wear a suit all the time. You have to wear like alligator shoes. Like, no, like that's one type of person. And if we always had that one type of person in wrestling or in any form of entertainment, then it's going to become really boring really fast. And so that idea of leaning into things that you genuinely care about, I think it's it's one of the most powerful things that you can do because there's literally no one else on the planet that can do that like you can. And so that's that's really what um, what I try to do in wrestling because, like I said, I'm not I'm not the biggest guy. I, I don't have the biggest muscles. He's got that down. I'm not the most <laughs> agile. Kofi's got that down. But but creativity, like step to me, please. Put a microphone in my hand. Step to me, please. And I'm going to make you care about this match. I'm going to make you care about uh, this promo. I'm going to make you care about this gear because gear is another way you speak to people through wrestling. 
uh, I used to wear just like the regular like tights. So I had some legs showing. Um, but then I realized like I want I want to wear pants instead of these like little underwear because I then have more real estate to put things on it that I enjoy. And so if I don't get the chance to have a promo or I don't get the chance to have a full blown match, but I get to go out there, people see my gear and they go, ooh, ooh, I understand that reference or I'm messing with how clean that is. And now we're a little bit more aligned, you know? And it's all about getting that that the right alignment when what is it mercury is in retrograde and the planets align like that's what we're always trying to do as wrestlers is get a little bit closer to the point where now we go out and the music hits and everybody loses their mind because now we're aligned through all these these little seemingly inconsequential things it's not just how you talk it's not just how you wrestle but it's how you present yourself and how you how you look in your gear how all this matches with your music and so it's just it's it's always been super interesting to me um, because of all of the creative uh, juices that you can put towards something, something as as quote unquote meaningless as like the boots that you wear. So I wore those those curly boots for a couple of years, and I did it because in the wrestling games back in the day, you would unlock a bunch of new gear, new outfits, new mask, and you'd always unlock those K boots, is what they were called <laughs> in some of the games. And I was like, we were we were playing some old wrestling game, and I went to make my character, and I was like, where's the boots? And I, then I was playing. I was like, why don't I just wear these in real life? I, like, I can do this now. I can do what I want. I'm grown. And so then like a month later, I had these boots and people would always ask me, why do you wear them? I said, because it's funny to me. <laughs> it's hilarious. Why? Like, why would I have these boots on for no reason? And so there we go. I feel like I can do whatever I want. I'm grown is like your your motto in life right there. Like I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I'm a grown man. I can literally do anything. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a grown ass man. Yes, there are consequences when I do certain things Then I do the risk risk reward options. But yeah, I'm 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 grown AF, dude. <laughs> Try I to feel- tell me I can't rock this gym in the holograms T-shirt. <laughs> Try and tell me, you know, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I also feel like, you know, you talked about, you know, Big E being the strongest, Kofi having the agility and, and you being, you know, charismatic. But I feel like since you've come back from your injury, you've been trying. You almost have like. I don't know if it's the right wording, but like it's almost felt like you've had something to prove. Like you've been trying to show everyone that you also have singles skills as well. And I've really enjoyed seeing you get to flex that singles muscle a little more these past few months. Is that a <laughs> I love flexing my it? singles muscle. Not at all. <laughs> I flex my singles muscle all the time. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it's it's been nice to get the chance to do some stuff because uh, honestly, as a kid, like when I wanted to be a wrestler, like oh, this is what I want to want to do when I grow up. Um, like I was obsessed with tag team wrestling. I always have been tag teams and factions were always the dopest thing to me because you just have more chess pieces to move around the board. And, um, and I wanted to be King of the ring because in my head, being a fan of King Arthur and all the whole medieval times, um, I realized that when Kings need to fight, there'd be times where they'd have a champion fight for them. But there were times when a champion wanted to fight. And I don't remember them ever having a king to fight for them. And so <laughs> from, from a very young age, I realized to me, to me, king is the, is the highest. There's nothing, there's nothing above being king. Because what's next? What's next? It's not champion. Nope. Champion is right underneath. So king is in charge. <laughs> so, and then to me too, you have this, this crown, you have this title for a year. That means that you get to play around and have fun and do your thing for a full year, you know? It's it's just something to me, again, I, I'll keep saying this word fun, like I don't understand the reasoning of doing something if you're not having fun doing it. 
obviously you got responsibilities you got to do x y and z because you know you got to take care of, of family of pets whatever but on the flip side of things if you're not enjoying what you're doing then i don't i don't know how you really give your full self to it and being king oh that's a sweet picture there we go mm. <laughs> <laughs> looking good it's still so real to me that it happened like what is what <laughs> it's so it's crazy. Like King be, of the I mean, Ring? What are we talking about? It's crazy. I mean, you literally said you've wanted this since you were a kid, and now you're looking at that. Like, look how cool that is. Yeah. Yeah. I see the words. I see King Woods under my name. Like, this is insane. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's something that it's, it's majestic. It's a character, and it's fun. It's fun to be King. You get to lean into all of these things that nobody else on the roster gets to lean into. Why? Because they're not royalty. It's, Sorry. You have Sorry. this. Yeah. Yeah. You have this carved out space just for you for like a year and you get to do whatever you want with it. And so um, so to me, being able to be a part of New Day and us getting named like greatest tag team by WWE, another like wild thing. But then goes back to if the previous generation is doing what they're supposed to do, then the next generation is supposed to be the best. You know, that's yep. that's that's what we're doing. I don't I don't love. What I, okay, I'll rephrase this. Um, I love what I'm doing as Xavier Woods, as King Woods, as being a part of the New Day. What I love more is wrestling as a whole. And so I always want wrestling as a whole to be my first objective. How is this going to affect wrestling as a whole? Is this going to bring in new viewers? Is this going to give dads with four-year-old little girls who don't like wrestling a chance to share that with them because we have unicorns on our shirts? Is this going to let young black kids who see wrestling for the first time go, oh, I don't have to be one of the three archetypes of either big black guy, dancing black guy, or foreign black guy. Like I can be whatever I want, I have a blank slate. If I'm doing those things, if me, Kofi, and E are doing those things, if this entire roster, this entire generation of wrestlers all around the world are doing those things, then I think we're setting up an incredibly strong foundation for the next generation to be 10 times, if not 100 times better than us. And that's the goal, because I don't just love my place in wrestling, I love wrestling. And I think that if you actually love wrestling, then that's what you're doing. You're not trying to tear anybody down for the way that they wrestle or the way that they produce their art or the places they do this. You're trying to always make people better. Something I think is cool too is that I always felt like you and, and, and the whole you know New Day crew were already doing that, but now, you guys are taking it to a whole nother level with you being King and Biggie being WWE champion. It's like, you know, you guys are taking it even further than I think anyone even expected at this point. Now that you guys are like, no, you know, we are also, you know, it wasn't just Kofi. We also have singles uh, skills as well. Together, we are extremely powerful, but <laughs> separate, we are also extremely powerful. And it's really cool to see that because it, it really is taking your guys' legacy to the next level right now. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And it's it's props to Kofi and props to E for uh, for even listening to me when I came up <laughs> to them with this idea of being a group. They could have easily just said no and shucked me by the wayside. And uh, who knows what would have happened then. But luckily, uh, those two guys, they're just they're like the two most amazing people that I haven't met just in wrestling, but just like in my life. They are they make me want to be better at all times. And and that's kind of why I've. I've been doing everything I can to, to, as the kids say, go off, sis. Um, <laughs> since I since I came back from the Achilles tear, because it's one of those things where um, 
it's not like it's a majority or anything, but there's that 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 loud minority that's like, oh, what is the third wheel? He's not doing anything as big as Kofi Nee, which is like, whatever, have your point, have your opinion. I, I appreciate you watching the show and giving us your interaction, and I appreciate everything you're, everything you're saying. Um, I get you, just different flavor ice cream. And so uh, I really wanted to do what I could to, um, to, I guess, remind people that didn't know who I was before I got here like I do stuff sometimes. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get this straight. Because <laughs> um, I, you know, as, as when we made the new day, it everything just kind of clicked in our heads of like how it needed to be and how it needed to roll. And I felt like being in that little brother role essentially uh, really helped the group because now we had a dynamic. It wasn't just three guys who were all like just trying to like just kill everybody that they see and ah, we're angry and we're like, oh, we're all so cool. Ah. Like, that's fine. But giving giving a different dynamic and giving you three distinct personalities that all work very well together and on that based on that chemistry, we're able to advance. That to me is is a better part of the story because now we're leaning into things like the importance of friendship. Yes, there are championships that are involved. And yes, there's the winner's purse for winning matches. And yes, if you like those championships that you have on your table, especially that one in the middle, it's looking good. Fancy. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you become champion, you know, you you make more money, all that jazz. Um, but to to bring something like the chemistry of New Day into wrestling, uh, a chemistry that that surpasses championships, a, a chemistry that surpasses jealousy or restrictions or anything like that, and just being being able to love someone on the show to show a, a positive loving male relationship that is something that is very important to us because it's not something that you always see in wrestling everybody thinks oh you've been a group for a while time to fight each other <sighs> why why and it's always that idea of oh you need to uh be more serious and do this and do that and it's like you saw that movie already why Okay, so so I listened to a lot of Donald Glover stuff. He's my same age idol. Um, so he, there's this interview where he's talking about uh, the importance of of creating art. He was like, and this is paraphrasing. So he's like, I understand my demographic, and there's enough of them that I could be a chart topper for like the rest of my life um, because I know exactly what they want. But if that's the case, then I'm not necessarily creating. I'm just rehashing the things that I've already done. So I could just be a chart topper and give them the same thing, or I could try to be better. And so it all comes from this notion of if you're not creating something, you're not an artist because an artist's job is to create. So if I'm pre-injury, right? Having matches, doing well, gaining success, injury happens. If I were to come back and do the same exact things, now I'm rehashing things I've already done rather than trying to be better, you know? And so yep. in trying to be better, it might be something that everyone hates. And I get that. It might be this uh, jumping into different search ways, doing different things on social media. It might be having matches differently. It might be talking differently on the show. It might be wearing different gear. It might be just acting a little crazy. It might be something, who knows what, it might just come to me in the moment. But if, I, if we're not attempting to create something new, then we're not creating at all. And if we're not creating, then we're not artists. And that's, that's okay to lose that, to shed. That's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But for me personally, I think that I will have, have the desire to be an artist 
until I am in the ground. Because I, 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 I have to make things. I have to create and I, I have to see if it's, if it's well received or not. That, that idea of possible failure, like I said, that is my life source. Can I do this on a stage that's huge where I might fail, might bomb, and it might be horrible? Yes. Okay. Give it to me, please. I totally no, understand. I, no, 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 dude. I completely, <laughs> if there's anyone here who understands it, it's me. I completely understand that thought process entirely. Like I also, uh, the fear of failure is what drives me all the time. And I also always need to be creating. If I'm not creating something, I, I get depressed after a while. It's just like, yeah, yeah I, get, I get sad. I'm like, well, what am I doing? I have all this up here and I'm not, I'm not releasing it at all. And it, and it drives me insane. So I will say though, I want to say one thing. Uh, since you've come back, because you mentioned it, as the kids say, you have gone off, King. You have gone off because <laughs> you have been killing it since you came back a year ago. Like I, I, you know, I've seen whole new fire out of you this past year, and I think that you, you know, the getting this opportunity to be King of the Ring um, was so deserved for that reason because you have been shining since you came back. So I, I, I wanted to say that as well. But also on the topic of King of the Ring. When you started putting it out there that you wanted to be the next King of the Ring, what would you say you thought the actual likelihood of that happening was going to be? When I started talking about it in like 2015, 2016? No, more recently, because you brought it, like, you, I know you've been saying it for a long time, but, but it was recently, like, I would say the past year where you were like, you kind of brought it up again into the limelight. Like, you were kind of the one that started talking about King of the Ring being brought back before it even got announced as coming back. Well, because it's... <sighs> So this is going to sound probably really weird. Like, in my head, it legitimately belongs to me. And that's, I know that sounds, that sounds weird. It doesn't make any sense. But to me, it's, it's like <laughs> that idea of kids calling dibs back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally what you did with the King of the Ring this year. You want Everyone was like, well, if you don't make Woods King of the Ring, you're a jerk, guys. He's been talking about it yes. for a year. <laughs> yes, because that's how I feel. I want people to understand how I feel. And when I say that speaking your truth into reality, into existence, it's 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 not necessarily like, oh, just say things are going to happen, then they're going to happen. You have to work towards them. And, and luck is the intersection of skill and opportunity. So you got to be ready. you got to make the opportunity for yourself. So for me... I felt like I was keeping my blade as sharp as possible. I thought I was gonna land up in the tournament in 2019 because I had already been jazzing it up and then I wasn't in. And I was like, these mother, <laughs> I, I, am the, I am the only one talking about this. And that, there's that idea of like, when people are in the tournament, yeah, there's, an, there's an, uh, an opportunity for them to win something that they didn't have before. But for me, it's winning something that I've always wanted. So it's just, it's, it's different, you know? Um, so ever since yelling about it, especially when I didn't make the tournament in 2019, I definitely ramped it up a good bit because one, I, I was a little angry. I'll be honest. I was a little upset, legitimately hurt. And I was like, you know what? Let me tell people about my hurt. And maybe, maybe they'll start to understand why I like this so much. And I feel like in doing that, it just started to bleed more and more into, uh, all of my socials. And they did, uh, what was it? The WrestleMania announcement video when they announced all those dates. So I took that video and then shot myself on a green screen as a reporter reporting that they were bringing back King of the Ring. <laughs> it was like, 
oh, oh, we're doing we're doing WrestleMania dates. Wait, so there there is no King of the Ring? No. What the hell are we doing? And then I shut it off. <laughs> but it's like that 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 sort of like fun dumb stuff. I think it goes a long way because yeah, it's tongue in cheek and you're and we're laughing about it. But it makes you really go like, man, I wish they would have King of the Ring. And then I feel like when people start to say that every time they see you because they know how much you like it, then your passion bleeds into them and it becomes their passion too. And and that is is what I think wrestling really is because we have the opportunity to do that when we're in front of a live audience, you know, when we're having a match, we have a microphone in our hand. But in this current day and age, this generation has access to something that no wrestling generation has ever had access to and that's social media. And it's strong, it's powerful. And so why would you not take the the ability to 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 create that feeling in people and port it over to social media because now we're interacting on days where there is no show just like when we had like the N64 wrestling games I didn't know who Kim Chi was at first <laughs> and then I see him in this in this WCW game like oh okay I'm messing with this and then there's I just like learned about all these different <laughs> different people uh through wrestling or through the wrestling games because there was a way for me to interact with this content more than once or twice a week and that's essentially what I'm what I'm trying to do and it's not just that it has to be wrestling all the time again that's why I do the base stuff that's why I do the video game stuff because people that love wrestling might like this stuff and people who like this stuff might like wrestling so we're just creating situations and Venn diagrams for people that don't normally talk start to have conversations and then they realize that they're all the same kind of nerd so like why don't we just band together and take over you know <laughs> yes and and that, that's that's the general vibe <laughs> you know when when you were when you were uh after you won the match there's that video that that they shot of you where you're getting emotional backstage and i just i i hope more people watch it because it's so cool to see you just feeling the raw emotions of winning that and what it meant to you. And I'm sure like it gave me goosebumps watching it just because you're like, you're, you're so passionate uh, and, and so happy. And I love seeing moments like that where someone actually accomplishes their dream and you get to see their, their true emotions when it happens. I, I loved that video. Oh, it was crazy. I, I saw it and I realized I said like a million times and I was like, see, there it is again, there it is again. Uh, I was just watching it thinking, what are you saying that so much for? What are you doing? And then I had to shut my brain off. It's like, you're not, you weren't cutting a promo. You were just talking. That's, that's what's going on. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's how you actually talk. I'm like, oh. Try doing a 45 <laughs> minute interview show every week and not saying like, I have to go back and watch my, my clips and stuff like, and I just did it. See, I have to go back and watch clips <laughs> that I did from my show. And I do the same thing. I'm beating myself up all the time going, why did you say like a hundred times? And it's usually, when I'm very energetic and passionate, which is always, but very energetic in, in the moment and stuff. So I, I completely understood your feelings uh, in, in the like situation. For me, it's a California <laughs> thing. Because <laughs> I think it's, as uh, you start to talk a little faster, the like is there to pause you and slow you down so you don't stumble <laughs> over your words. <laughs> when I first started doing WWE backstage, uh, one of the people from WWE who was here, that was like the note they gave me. It was like, just just slow down i know i just did it again just slow down <laughs> just slow down instead of saying like slow down a little bit and you won't have to say like because then you won't be thinking about what you're gonna you can think without having to speak over it it's very hard to do that when you have add though and your mind is moving a million miles a, a minute before we move on for king of the ring i want to ask one more thing about this um 
you're a cosplay guy, like we've said, and you, you love having the custom gear. Have you started working on any ideas for maybe a custom cape or custom crown that's that's just for you? So first off, my cape is custom, BT Dubs. Okay. It's very nice. So we debuted the new gear on SmackDown this past Friday, the custom jacket, the custom cape. Uh, as far as a custom crown, <laughs> be patient, my young Padwan. The saying goes, if you give the kids the cake all at once, they're going to get sick and they're never going to want it again. Piece by piece, slice by slice, until the cake is gone. And as soon as that last piece is eaten, what do they want more of? Cake. Noted. Noted. So we, feed you, we, we, we feed them slow around these parts. I got a year. <laughs> I got a year. <laughs> and one more topic on the uh, one more uh, topic in the King of the Ring section is what would you want your solo theme to sound like if they give you one as King Woods? Mm. Mm. Cuz it's crazy that you haven't had your own yet. So, yeah, I haven't had my own theme music ever. So when I so for people who don't know or are unaware or think that I'm joking, um when I first came up, I came out with our truth just like I did elsewhere. Uh and then I somehow stole Brodus Clay's music, uh, which was Ernest the Cat Miller's music before him. <laughs> and I think someone else before that. Um, and then I was in the New Day. So since I've been on the main roster, I've never once had my own theme music. Um, and I would probably get something done um, by Mega Ran, fantastic rapper in the video game community, uh, just fantastic rapper overall. And then... Um, I would love for him to do uh, something with this guy named Sazy. He's a rapper out of Canada who I very much enjoy. He does a lot of uh, a lot of hip hop, a lot of Dragon Ball Z and horror related rap, and they're just they're they're probably my two favorite rappers. So if I could have something with both of them on it, I would love it. And maybe uh, <laughs> over like the Golden Girls theme, but put like a trap beat underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. I got one more topic I want to bring up to you before I get into my closing question here. Um, and that is about G4. Because I'm excited about G4. We kind of mentioned it a little bit. How pumped are you for the launch of G4 on Linear TV again this month? I cannot explain to you how excited I am. Because this is... <sighs> For for me and all this, oh what a what a picture! You keep you guys are killing it over there. Congrats to your whole team. Yeah, <laughs> um, G four, like I said before, was that beacon of of hope that there are adults who can make money with video game stuff. So uh, to be a part of it is just insane. Um, and this launch, I think it's going to be really cool because it's like you said, it's going to be a linear TV. So we'll have, um, you know, like our, our live streams that are going constant and then those will get broken down into smaller segments, uh, all the funniest and best stuff getting put out there all over the place. And it's just really cool to see that it's become such a diverse place now as well. Um, cause it, it, over the years, gaming has, has grown so much and there's so many different people. To different, sorry, excuse me, so many different types of people that are playing games from so many different walks of life. And I feel like the the cast of hosts that G4 already has already represents that and is a fantastic representation of what the gaming space really looks like. And so there's people who come from gaming, people who come from comedy, and I'm just personally excited to learn from all of them and see how they work. Because I know like, I know what I can do in a wrestling world sense of the red lights on, let's go. Um, but to be able to try and translate that best I can into uh, what this will be at G4 in this gaming space, I'm really interested to see what that challenge brings. But again, like I said, more importantly, learning from everybody else who's already been in this space doing things like this. So I'm just ready to pick up some new skills and maybe I can bring some of those skills back to WWE 
and now we got a little talent exchange. Huh? Huh? <laughs> we can all learn from each other. Well, is there any update on when the show that you're going to host is going to start? Or is there any update on that whatsoever? So I cannot give you any information right now. But if Damn. you keep it locked at G4 TV on all socials, information will eventually be dropped out here and there. And maybe, maybe when I can't give you information, I'll come back on and give you a tidbit to put in the middle of somebody's episode. And G4 is in L.A. So, you know, maybe you can make your way over here. Yeah, I'll see you. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about something really quick? Because I heard you were going to do the last uh, closing question. Yeah, of course. First off, I'm I'm kind of upset that we're already done. Um, we're getting close. Second, I mean, can we, we can talk a longer? Okay, can we talk about wrestling, pro wrestling? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what it is, ladies and gentlemen, wrestling pro wrestling is a promotion in California ran by the fantastic Brian Kendrick, and it is one of the greatest wrestling shows I've ever seen in my life. And I highly recommend, highly, highly, highly recommend that you go check it out. All right, I'm done. <laughs> That's a solid plug, though, because those wrestling pro wrestling shows are super fun. That He does a great oh, job with those. They're incredible. It's, it's wrestling at its finest, and the hence why it's called wrestling pro wrestling, because there's certain aspects of pro wrestling that I clearly, uh, again, if you followed me at all in my career, I clearly love the, the campy aspects of professional wrestling. And they do it to a million. And so is, it's the is best. Is Serial Man at Wrestling Pro Wrestling? Is, is, is he there yes. sometimes? That's thought so. <laughs> yes. I like his whole getup. Serial yeah. Man is the best. <laughs> also, before I get into my closer, I also want to say uh, on G4, the thing I want to see, you, I want to see you host a show like Nick Arcade on G4 eventually, because that was one of my favorite shows of all time too. And I feel like you would be perfect for a show like that. Even if it's same concept, new name, I feel like you would be perfect mm -hmm. for that. I would love to host Nick Arcade. It is, it is one of my goals in life. Um, so I will tell you this, I would, I'm not gonna say never. I'm gonna say my show is gonna be different from Nick Arcade. And that is because, because, because I want to host Nick Arcade. Like when I'm hosting my show, it's my show, completely separate thing. When I get that Nick Arcade spot, it's that pure Nickelodeon Nick Arcade. And we're moving Mikey around the screen and everything. Oh, oh. Have you seen that documentary, The Orange Years by any chance? No, I keep uh, saying that I'm going to watch it because I, I am going to have a set for an airplane ride, but I keep not downloading it to my it, iPad. It's it's if since you like Nick Arcade, it's cool. They show what the green screen studio looked like when they were just filming on it and stuff. And so it's really cool yeah. to see because I, I had never seen that before. So it was really cool to see what it looked like when they were playing that final game. I also I remember one time I ran into Fillmore, my first job in entertainment. <sighs> I was when I was working for my dad, and I I I huge Nick Arcade fan growing up. And I remember getting in the elevator. I think we were like on the same floor as like a fashion TV or some, something like that. And I remember getting on the elevator my first week and, and Fillmore walks in behind me and we're in the elevator together. And I, I didn't say anything to him because I was so nervous, but I had just, just like insane excitement the whole time. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in the elevator with the Nick Arcade guy. This is awesome. Dude, okay, so similar story. I also froze. I saw him uh, at like a McDonald's. <laughs> I want to say it was on Halloween or like some, we were doing a Halloween thing. I feel like I was dressed as Robin Hood, little kid. And I'm just staring at him and staring at him and staring at him and staring at him. My mom goes up to him and she's like, hey, I'm sorry that my son keeps looking at you. And he's like, oh, he probably knows me from like the show, Nick Arcade. She's like, oh yeah, he does watch that. And so he actually like stopped and like talked to me for like two, three minutes. So cool. Which I'll never forget. I told him like how much I love the show. 
and I told him how old I was, and I wasn't old enough to be on it yet, and I was a few years away. And he said, look, when you get old enough, you send in like the letter or the tape, whatever you have to do to, to get on. And he goes, uh, and I'll make sure you get on. Oh. And then not shortly after the show got canceled. I'm just and so, so dude, I, it's, it's like twofold for me. It'd be dope to be the host, but I just need to be on the set because it was promised and I didn't get to do it. And so now I feel like I have to fulfill the rest of the dream. Well, I feel like you're, like I said at the top, really good at accomplishing your dreams. You've done a very good job of it up to this point. So if there's one person who I think could accomplish getting Nick Arcade back on the air and hosting it, it would be you. So I, I have all the faith in the world that you'll be able to make that happen. All right. I'm going to get to my closing questions here because we've gone a tiny bit. We're going to go a little bit long, but um, I like yeah. to end... I like to end each show with a segment I call the finishing move where I talk to my guests about their finishing move. You've got a lot of finishing moves, so I didn't really single one out because you've got a couple different ones, tag team and, and, and solo. So who's your favorite superstar to hit your finishing moves on? Hmm. Wow. Wow. Uh, probably the Usos, because that means that we're about to become champions again. <laughs> what a perfect answer. <laughs> all right. Well, out of all your finishing moves, tag team included, which is your favorite one? I know it's like picking your kids here, but. Yeah, dude. Why would you do this? I'm sorry. Um, so I'll say the one that's won us the most matches. I'll go with Midnight Hour. Yeah. I'll go with Midnight right. Hour. That's definitely won us the most matches. Um, so for those of you, again, who don't know, when it's E and myself, uh, <laughs> E picks him up like he's finished. So either me or Kofi will jump off of the turnbuckle into a DDT. That's the midnight hour. And then when it's me and Kofi, uh, one of us will hit a backbreaker. And then the other one goes to the top rope, jumps off and double stomps the other person into Hades. Um, and then me solo, that is, oh, sorry. The backbreaker one is called Daybreak. And then the one that I have solo where I tightrope walk down the walk for the ropes and coast to coast elbow drop my opponent into oblivion. Um, that is called limit break. Have you always had, is that a newer name for that move? I was trying, we, me and my staff were trying to figure that out before here. No, so I've called that limit break since I've done it. Just no one says it. Okay. <laughs> so then no one knows. That's what we said. We were like, I think it's been that name for a long time, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't get called out a lot. And now more recently it's being yeah. called out, which I like. Yeah, me too. Cause everything that I did finishing move wise was like, he's going up, up and he's going down, down. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I'm still hitting it. I'm, we're still doing the thing, but yeah, that elbow drop is called the limit break and you can add the limit break elbow drop to it if you like. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's terrifying every time I do it. Cause I'm not a tightrope walking kind of person. But then when I'm in the air, I'm like, oh, this looks so cool. I know it does. <laughs> but that that's also awesome. That's why I got this uh, King Kai tattoo. So this is from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, for you audio listeners, I have a King Kai tattoo on my bicep because when I got injured, I had to fight back to get to uh, being in the ring again. Just like when Goku sacrificed himself so that Piccolo could shoot Hyper Beam Cannon through uh, well, not, not Hyper Beam Cannon, but whatever. Piccolo shot through Raditz. He had to shoot through Goku too, so Goku passed on while he saved the Earth. He had to travel down Snake Way to get to King Kai, and when he got done with his training, he got the logo on the back of his gi, showing that he now understood what his limits were 
and how and when to go past them and how to keep yourself safe. So that's what this represents. And I wanted to make sure people saw it when I was doing the elbow drop so that they understand here's the full story. Every time I drop this elbow, there's a full story coming down on you. This is not a finishing move. This is my life that's about to go through your chest. That's so dope. I definitely didn't know that. And I'm glad that we got to that because that makes it way cooler. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. All right, last year, <laughs> what's the most memorable time you hit a finishing move on someone and why? Um, I have two. Okay, so one, one would be King of the Ring because that's clearly, obviously. Had a and feeling you say the that. other one... Uh, is one time, and I, you said memorable, and I don't remember the, who we were wrestling. I just remember doing it and it being hilarious. Um, there was one time um, Kofi got, like, knocked out. <laughs> uh, and so I slid into the ring and pushed him out and, like, rolled dude up into a small package. And since we were wrapped so tight, the ref could only see my back. <laughs> so he counted three. So we got away with a twin switch. And I slid out of the ring and put my jacket back on quick enough that the ref didn't see me put it on. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was so stupid but you can see me running around the front side ripping my jacket off and throwing it like around the the pole because i know that's where i'm going to come out sliding in doing it sliding out putting the jacket back on so by the time the camera came back it just looked normal and it's like this we we just really got away with this <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great way to end it. I love it. Well, Woods, thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. It was awesome getting to chat with you. I'm sorry it took so long for us to finally do this, but I, I'm really glad we did because I think that this conversation is really helpful for anyone who uh, is maybe not able to take the leap and follow their passion. I think that anyone listening to this after hearing you talk about it will hopefully push themselves to do the same thing. I hope so. And all of that is uh, obviously easier said than done. Um, it takes a long time to get there and it's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of arguments and a lot of like lost friendships and relationships. It's a little, it's not like a fun road, you know, but it's to be cliche, the one less traveled. So, uh, once you finally get there, then you realize that all that stuff that you had to, had to give up, um, is it's, it's worth it because now you have the people who need to be in your life. You don't have excess baggage as far as that goes because the only people that are going to stick with you while you're trying to fulfill a dream are the people who are also trying to fulfill theirs and you're propping them up while they're propping you up and everybody wins at the same time. It's, it's when you start to better yourself and you have people who get upset because now that doesn't work out for what they want, then you start to get into some murky waters and uh, it's something that's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to happen to you. It's going to happen to you if you choose to follow what you really believe you should be doing in life. Um, but again, I, I am here to tell you that in my case, it was worth it because every single time I was taking the step towards what I knew I actually wanted in life. And I'd rather be doing that than sitting still and doing what everybody else in society tells me that I should be doing. Amen to that. All right, Woods, you have a great day. I'll let you get off the, the Zoom for now. Appreciate it. <laughs> Have a good one. Later, dude. All right. See you. Make sure you guys check him out on G4 when it launches. You guys go check out his podcast, his YouTube channel, all of it. He's doing lots of good stuff. Make sure that you support him in all of that. But also, if you want to support 
this podcast. Make sure that you go subscribe on all the podcast platforms to Out of Character, or whichever podcast platform you listen on, whether that's Spotify, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google, whatever. Make sure you're subscribed to this show on there. And if it lets you, please leave a rating or review. I appreciate it very much. I share them when I can. I shared a few on social media this week from the people who were kind enough to leave them. So really, it, I appreciate it very much. So when you do it, it makes me very happy. So please keep doing that. Also, make sure you go follow our YouTube channel. That's WWE on Fox. That's where you can find clips from Raw, SmackDown, and this show. Well, you can find the full version of this show every week on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. It premieres at 9 a.m. every Monday. And follow us on social media as well, WWE on Fox, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now.